0: podcast. Uh, the whole show is on Sirius XM Patriot, of course. The first segment of the show, we did a lot of Trump stuff, but we've been sharing a lot of Trump stuff. You may be a little trumped out. So uh, we will skip over the first segment and move on to our second segment where we talked about uh, violence and crime and looting and what really is at the root of this because it's not, as AOC says, people just need money to buy bread. Uh, there's something much different going on And what can we do to stop it? Here it is. So there's a group in Chicago called the Native Sons. And they are asking gangs in their neighborhood to not shoot each other from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Now they're not—they're not saying maybe just don't shoot people at all. We don't want to go too far, okay, so you can still shoot each other. Just keep it at night, 9 p. to 9 a. You with me, so like in the, in, the, in the daytime, we want to live our lives, we want our kids to go to school. So, could you please not shoot us? Here's the native sons under this ordinance. We ask that people stop associating with and glorifying shooters, stop glorifying switches. I don't know what that is, stop wearing those ski masks everywhere, which perpetuates you as some op. When those who live a certain lifestyle try to hang with the regular citizen class, they put everyone at risk. At the end of the day, five-year-olds are being killed by gun violence. 14-year-olds killed by gun violence. 78-year-olds being killed by gun violence. Pregnant women being killed by gun violence. Young boys with bright futures being killed by gun violence. Fathers being killed by gun violence. This shouldn't be happening. So if you could please just not shoot us from 9A to 9P. Talk about bigotry of low expectations. Is that not one? Instead of no more shooting, we're just asking you not from, from 9 a.m., just put it down and wait till 9 p.m., amazing. So we got some more details here. We mentioned this, I think, on Monday. And I, I think we gotta mention it again because this one, more than other videos like this, seems to have more legs than normal because I've seen, I don't know, I've seen the hundred videos of people robbing stores. But this one seems to have touched a nerve and I, I really don't know why, but there's an update too uh, so the, there's a Nordstrom in a nice part of Los Angeles, Topanga. And fifty up to 50 people, they don't even know, up to 50 people ran in, stole as much as they could. They say $100,000 in merchandise, I'm sure it was much more. Uh, the day before, know, maybe it was the same people, they robbed a Yves Saint Laurent for $300,000. It's a fun word to say, Yves Saint Laurent. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. It's not fun. And then since the Nordstrom video, I saw another one. Well, I saw the one I mentioned about 50 Cent. He he played the video of San Francisco of them just stealing a whole rack of clothes. But then there's another one, and it looks like three, maybe four people in maybe a dicks. And they're walking out with as many as many articles of clothing as you could possibly imagine a human being carrying. It is a comically large pile of clothes. It looks like something out of uh, The Grinch. The Grinch is stole Christmas. A comically huge piled high and like the guy's bent over like the Grinch was with the sack of presents. He bent over like just clothes as high. I don't even know. Like The person had to throw the clothes up on the top. I mean, it had to take him 10 minutes just to get the pile up on his back. You wouldn't think a human could carry so many clothes over I don't know how he made it through the door. And they're just walking casually right out the store. <laughs> Hello, don't mind me. Have a good day. Walks around. And the point I often make with this, same with all these, is what a chump, what a bunch of chumps we all are for paying for things. Now, how do you stop this? That's what we got to chat about. How do you stop this? Well, one thing to know, these are not people, and do not be fooled, do not be tricked. These are not people who are down on their luck. You know, the economy's tough out there. And sometimes people got to do what they got to do, you know? We're just having such a tough time. We're barely making ends meet. That is not what this is. Do you remember when AOC said this a couple years ago? This is in 2020. She said, uh, well, let's play this. So she's a, by the way, AOC, woman of the people. Boston University graduate, but she understands the streets.
1: So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think
0: this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession. Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Um, maybe it's the fact that unemployment provisions have not been given to everyone. Maybe it's because of the fact that people have, some people still haven't gotten their stimulus checks yet. Okay, all right, so first of all, not only does that is that wrong, but if, if you're scared to pay rent, wouldn't that mean you have like a pretty good chunk of change laying around if you did not pay your rent? That would make sense if she said, Well, everyone's now forced to pay their rent, so they have less money because the money's now gone because they gave it to the rent. Then that would make sense. But do we even need to spend any time? Listen, not a single person who shoplifted purses and leather jackets from a Nordstrom and Topanga have children to feed, or I should say, they probably have a lot of children to feed, but they're not using any of the money they they earned through shoplifting, on feeding their children. That is a, I'm certain of that. No children were fed based off what happened with these shoplifting stories, not one. It's not people down on their luck. There's a video in Oakland of people who stole a car, Joy. Rode it around, is that right? Joy rode, joy <laughs> Who went on a joy ride and then lit it on fire in the middle of the street for no reason? And they just had a big, big, big shindig all about around it. Police came and they dispersed fifty cars and a hundred people. There is no economic desperation here in stealing a car, joyriding it, and l- lighting it on fire. right? This crime is not for profit. It's for fun. It's just for fun. How much money do you think? So they say, oh, they stole $100,000 in merchandise. How much money do you think women's shoes from Nordstrom get? Like, I, I I doubt they're making any money. Maybe someone's making money off, but the person who steals it, they're, they're going to give it to I don't know how it works. Like, how the, they, they gotta sell it to someone else who's then gonna sell it on, on Amazon or Facebook Marketplace. Maybe that person makes a lot of money, but the person stealing it doesn't make any money. It's not about that, it's about the thrill. Which is very different than saying it's for the money. This is very uncivilized behavior. Civilization's hard, takes a lot of work. I was gonna say it's degenerate behavior, but it's not. Degenerate, if you said it's degenerate behavior, that implies that things are normally good and we've degenerated below that. But that's not right. Human nature is this, it is human nature to steal things. Oh, there's a thing. I want it done. Like that's human nature. It's yours. Nah, I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I'm going to take it. Thank you. That's human nature. So we call people higher. Does this make sense? super important. There's nothing degenerate about this. This is normal. We call people higher, but we haven't been for a long time. So people are resorting back to the norm and that norm is wicked. So when does it end? I think it ends when people start mass looting homes. It doesn't end when people get hurt. That's not even enough. People have already gotten hurt. Remember, there's the, the man in Home Depot. He was an older gentleman who worked in a Home Depot. He was in the, the garden section of the Home Depot. And he was like an 80-year-old guy. And this, this guy w- was walking out with a cart. My wife's from the South. A buggy full of drills or something. I don't know. And the older man just took a single step forward. You can't hear what he says, but he probably says something like, Hey, man, well... And the guy pushed him and the older man fell back, hit his head and died. And what did, what did we, the people do? It was uh, on the news for like an hour. That's the end of that. Killed grandpa over a couple drills. Don't even know if they got him. So it's not about violence. I'm waiting for the day when there's a video of this mob coming into a store and then someone like my wife is in the mall with four children, one of them in a stroller or in her arms. And the mob runs in and tramples her and the baby. And she can't get away fast enough because she's holding a nine-month-old. So the family gets trampled, the baby gets stepped on, and, and and people get seriously injured if not die. And maybe that will change people's minds. No, it won't. It'll be a story for, maybe, maybe, a, maybe that would be in the news for a couple hours. This Nordstrom story, and this is what I got wrong last time I talked about on Monday, the security guard was bear sprayed. He was slammed in the face with bear spray, so it was violent, and no one really cares. Oh well, the security guard uh, deserves it because he engaged with the mob. (laughs) What? So the so violence isn't it. The only way this ends is when the flash mobs start going into people's homes. When that becomes a regular occurrence, when a big mob goes into someone's house and steals everything, then people will start to freak out. But here's the thing. That's when it ends, but that won't happen. They won't do that because there's just enough fear that the person inside will blow your brains out. Just enough fear. Robbing a store, No fear. No fear. Robbing a house? Just enough fear. Just enough. Now, of course, if you have a big enough mob, then it won't matter because it all comes down to power and numbers. If you had 50 people rob a house, you better be good at reloading. And then if they have guns too, it's serious business. We got a shootout going on. But if they have no reason to live, why do they care? They're doing it for the thrill anyway. How fun, how exciting We're not far away from it, we're really not It's it's one thing to see a flash mob Go into a 7-Eleven and steal all the stuff And walk out But eventually, just like every other th- thrill in life You become desensitized to even that That's not fun anymore It's not fun to go into a store and just steal all the big gulps Steal some candy bars Steal some sodas That doesn't do it, that's nothing So eventually you gotta start going into people's houses That's Thrilling It'll look like the scene in one of the good Batman movies, one of the Christopher Nolan ones, where they're taking over the city and they're ransacking the people who live in the brownstone row houses. Like Once that happens, then people will care. Until then, it just hasn't directly affected people enough. Sure, it raises the price of things, but a Nordstrom shirt instead of being $90 is now $112 and people just blame inflation, not shoplifting. And the crime, for the most part, is still over there. It's over there. And if it does happen, AOC can come out and say, oh, well, poverty. There aren't enough people yet who see how destructive this is for all of society, whether you live there or not. Just the eroding of society, even if you're not directly, personally affected. But even if you are, people still don't care. And that was that Washington Post article about the grocery store. There's, a, there's a, one part of D.C. where there's one grocery store left. And they may close because they have $100,000 of theft every month. And the whole article about how people are so, so sad and so worried that it might shut down is like, well, what are you talking about? What are you doing? What are you doing about it? When will there be a brigade of people in the neighborhood who are standing in the inside and outside enter entrance of the store saying hey you're not allowed to steal anything put that back so even if people are directly affected they don't even care or they care but not enough to do anything about it remember the story it was a couple of years ago where there was so much violence at a school that a bunch of dads got together a bunch of dads got together and they were going to be some sort of patrol against violence to keep the bad guys out. But they were so beloved by the students, these dads, that now they, they patrol the hallways, and they don't patrol, they walk around the hallways, and they uh, you know, tell people to pull their pants up and be respectful, and they tell dad jokes, and they bring joy to the kids. When are people in these neighborhoods going to get together and say, oh, no, enough, enough, we won't allow this. If you need some bread... There's a soup kitchen down the street. They'll give you all the bread you want. Or here's two bucks. Go buy some bread. But you can't be stealing stuff anymore. And we're still not there yet. Because the one the one story I've heard of it is this group that we kicked off the segment with saying, hey, just please stop shooting people from 9 to 9. That's the best they could pull together right now. Please stop shooting people from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah, not we're not... Not there yet. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. Let's go right to the great Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Dr. Gorka, how are you, sir?
1: yeah yeah good morning uh, let's do a little bit of behind the scenes without any rehearsal i'm just curious did you get any comments or feedback to our um, unusual chat last week
0: what was unusual uh, no but what was the unusual chat
1: what was unusual about Well, just the discussion we had the, the pro-life discussion about that video that baby being resuscitated
0: no uh, did you did you get feedback?
1: Um, no, I, I I did. I got people you know, DMing me and sending me things. I'm just curious that you're, you're new to the the show, and it was a little bit different from my usual discussions. Yeah, I haven't.
0: Alex. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't um, one of the critiques that I received from Alex is I never, I rarely, I don't think I have yet given out my email. No, I did once. I don't give out my email. Uh, so I have to get in the habit of that. So I'll do it right now. Slaterradio at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. I've only given it out once just because I just forget. Uh, so it's not because of lack of the conversation being great. People don't even know how to get in touch with me yet. Uh, so SlaterRadio at Gmail dot com. If anyone has any comments, concerns, requests for clarification, uh, Doctor Gorka, if uh, if slash when Trump wins in twenty twenty four, what are the chances that the Democrats accept the election results? <laughs>
1: Well, they didn't in uh, 2000. They didn't in, uh, you know, Hanging Chads. They didn't in 16. Hillary Clinton is still giving interviews saying the election was stolen from her. The Russia collusion garbage is still being peddled by leading Democrats. So, yeah, that, that'll be the question. And also, you know, when, when will we know? I mean, God willing, we'll have a complete wipeout um, like Reagan had in 49 of the 50 states. Mm-hmm. But how long will they be challenging it? Will they have their you know, slate of uh, alternative electors like they suggested? Uh, like, you remember that video with Martin Sheen saying, yeah, if you, we, you should be an alternate elector and we can't let this man take over the country and be a dictator. So it's a wonderful, wonderful question. If you read the article by Molly Ball, uh, that that is an incredible peek behind the curtains of uh, the quote unquote the conspiracy that helped save the twenty twenty election you know they're wargaming it right now i mean back then they actually had a had a scenario planning they had a war game where Podesta played trump and if uh, if quote unquote biden hadn't won the election, they actually have in the war plan the mobilization of b l m and antifa to use violence to challenge the election. So you know, Mike, right now they're already wargaming. Uh, what do they do if President Trump wins?
0: So University of Chicago, the Chicago Project on Security and Threats Survey uh, said that they found that 18 million people, 6.9% of the population, 18 million people feel that violence is justified to ensure that Trump does become president again. So these would be the MAGA extremists, 18 million. But oh, what they're not quick perfect. to share is that 30 million people believe that violence is justified to prevent Trump from being president. There will be, I'm, I'm concerned yep. Dr. Gorka about the amount of violence because listen, after Trump, after 2020, there was no violence. January 6th was it. Okay. We Nancy Pelosi had a broken mirror. Uh, uh, they, someone stole an envelope from Nancy Pelosi's office and like, a couple broken windows. Like that was the violence of, of, of Trump. Right. But we saw what happened in Black Lives Matter. I'm very, I am very legitimately concerned about the violence that would happen if Donald Trump wins. Now that's not, not going to stop me from voting for, but, but like that's going to be very bad for our country.
1: Right. I mean, as my Newsmax buddy Chris Plant says, we have you know um, two hundred cities burning in the summer of live, burnt by Democrats. You know, in the name of social justice, 200 uh, in just you know one month, and then we have you know one riot by Republicans for three hours in 200 years, and what 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 is the mainstream corporate media talking about? They're talking about, you know, the windows that were broken by—who uh, who were they? Do, do we know? I mean, think about it. When, when Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, under sworn testimony uh, in, the, in the House, cannot answer the—literally que- refuses to answer the question uh, of the FBI having undercover assets disguised as MAGA protesters on January 6th, then, then, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory to ask, well, who caused the violence? Was it really Trump voters who, uh, you know, wanted to do a quote insurrection or was it a covert asset? Was it a confidential source or even an undercover FBI agent who did that? I mean, more and more video is is sneaking out of things that are just inexplicable. You know, people with MPD badges saying, we disguise ourselves as anti. For that was the latest video to be leaked last week from the January 6th footage. So, yeah, I, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about conservatives because we believe, the whole. We, we predicate our system on rule of law. But when you think, for example, speech is violent, which is what, you know, the left's new moniker, if you have been told by the corporate media that 74 million Americans are fascists and Nazis, this goes back to to the, you know, what really happened in 2020. I'm really not interested, Mike, in uh, the algorithms of voting machines or Venezuelan data parks or, you know, Dominion this or Dominion that. Uh, To quote my, my former Salem colleague, Larry Elder, if you actually believe what you've been told by the likes of Rachel Maddow for four years, if you actually believe that the president is a quote-unquote Nazi and a white supremacist, of course he'd steal an election. I mean, I would hope that if I were living in a country where I literally believed that Hitler was running a country, I'd take every action uh, to remove that person from office. So, yeah, uh, the threat of violence is real, but it's not from MAGA voters. It's not from
0: conservatives. Yeah, you're so right. If you if you think if you think Trump is Hitler, then you're Bonhoeffer, and of course, yeah, if you're in a if you're, you're, you're in a, a position to steal a couple votes or do whatever, anything you could, of course, you'd have to. You'd you'd be a patriot. You'd yeah. be a, you'd be horrible. You'd be complicit if you didn't. Is how they could yeah. rationalize that.
1: And, and and you know they, they they are lunatics. I mean they truly are lunatics. I mean I, I'm not going to give away any names or anything, but you know I have a concealed carry permit uh, for DC. I you know I carry a weapon because you know it's, uh, <laughs> this is a city that's had 110 homicides just this year alone. That's the capital, and um, one of the people in, uh, involved in getting me spun up on, on the, the law cl- classes and everything you have to take, um, is responsible uh, or has also you know trained lots of members of Congress for their permits. And when you hear from this individual that, you know, there are members of Congress who like dancing on rooftops in Boston who've actually <laughs> confided behind closed doors that they really think, the conservative members of the house are going to one day walk in and cap them. You realize these people are psychos. I mean, these people (laughs) are so drunk their own Kool-Aid that they think, you know, a GOP chairman of a committee is going to shoot them on the floor of the house. These, Mike, these Mm. are not rational people we're dealing with. These aren't people you can like tip O'Neill sit down and have a scotch with and talk about politics. They are nutcases.
0: Yeah, that's quite hysterical. If you have that fever dream about uh, right. a Republican, <laughs> a Republican but, but congressman, what, what,
1: would, what would it lead you to? If you actually believe that, mm-hmm. what kind of things would it lead you to covertly plan for and do behind closed doors? I mean, that's the real issue. If you think, you know, remember the speech outside Liberty Hall you know, drenched in that red light with Marines standing beside him. If you're the commander-in-chief and you're prepared to call 74 million Americans fascists and you're a member of Congress and you believe that, you know, a a Republican's going to walk in one day and shoot you in the head, then what are you planning behind closed doors to, quote-unquote, protect you and, quote-unquote, protect democracy? That's what you need to be thinking about.
0: What do you think Donald Trump talking with Sebastian Gork, of course what do you think Donald Trump is going to do and say on his press conference on Monday Monday at 11 o'clock eastern?
1: Well, given what, what we've heard already from from the team, uh, he's going to talk about I mean this, this is the dumbest thing I mean this is this is the the, the nice thing about the Democrats they're psychos, uh, they're evil, they hate America, but they're also really dumb. I mean, there is no, there's no Newt Gingrich on the left right now. I mean, there's no Victor Davis Hanson. They have no 80-pound brains, which is great. And they don't, <laughs> they've, they've charged President Trump and 18 other people uh, in Georgia in a jurisdiction where you can fill, and with a judge's permission, but it's pretty common practice, you, you actually broadcast live the hearings from yeah. inside the courtroom. So what have they done for President Trump? I, I, I posted the stats yesterday. I think it was Mike Davis posted the stats. Uh, more than 90% of the cases that, that President Trump's team brought in 21, after the, the the rigged election, more than 90% of the cases were thrown out of court. This this the thing the left said that oh they 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 were disproven or debunked. There was no election fraud. No 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 no. The cowardly yellow-bellied scum judges, many of whom were actually nominated by that complete failure of a, a group of individuals in uh, the Federalist Society uh, as, as conservatives and, and nominating the names listed given to the president. You know, most of them refused to hear any of the cases. None of them. You know, Rudy's evidence. The thousands of affidavits, the videos of the suitcases under the table being pulled out with pristine ballots, they weren't heard. Okay, they were just thrown out on technicalities. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? If you're saying uh, President Trump rigged the election and you're such an idiot that you're in Fulton County, Georgia, but you actually cite election... Uh, charges in other states like Pennsylvania, which you, don't, you have no authority to do that. That would make it a federal crime. No, that's how stupid Fanny Willis is. She's actually citing, quote-unquote, claims in other states of the union. Well, guess what? You get full disclosure, and you can present... You, you, the judge cannot stop you presenting your evidence in a court of law in front of 330 million people. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is the opportunity to tell the world what actually happen in 2020. And I think we'll get a little bit of a taste of that from President Trump next week.
0: You had a great conversation the other day with uh, our very own Matt Boyle, the, the White House chief. Great <laughs> yeah. combo. Encourage everyone to listen to it. But I was very grateful that you guys went into a, a whole thing about uh, Andrew Breitbart. Uh, so I just wanted to take that as a opportunity to ask you about uh, your relationship with Andrew and the things, what he would be doing today, how he would be doing it, and, and lessons yeah. we can learn from him now.
1: Well, I mean, this is the ironic and sad thing that I was brought in to the editor of uh, National Security for Breitbart uh, after Andrew had passed. So Steve Bannon heard me speak uh, at an event around CPAC, and then he asked me to come in and be the you know the guy in charge of QC for for the National Security um, vertical. Of course, I knew who he was. I'd uh, I was friends with people you know, like uh, Matt Boyle, who, you know, had been hired to work at Bright Barton, knew uh, knew Andrew even when he was still working at a Daily Caller, but I never got a chance to, to meet the man. Nevertheless, as I said in the interview, and this is, you know, Matt comes on my show for a couple of segments every week to give us the update on what's going on in the swamp, but we have this one-on-one. The third hour is a long-form discussion with, with one guest for a whole hour, and after four and a half years of doing radio, I said, we've got to do it with Matt. We've got you know get to know this person better in front of millions of people, and we had this sterling conversation on Tuesday. It's all been written up. It's, uh, it's on, on Breitbart.com right now. You can watch it on Rumble. You can re- read the, the excerpts. And um, I have to say what I said during that interview. I, I, I'm, I'm a, a you know, bibliomaniac. I, I, I love books. I collect books. Uh, it's a sore point between me and my wife, how many mm-hmm. books I have. But I, I refuse to read autobiographies. Um, I don't have the patience. You know, what What did Eisenhower have for breakfast on, you know, February the 12th, 1941? I just I don't have time for that with two exceptions. There's two autobiographies I've read that are truly life changing. If you want to understand how a billionaire from Queens got working class Americans to vote for him and change politics forever, you have to read J.D. J. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy. Um, stunning, stunning. He wasn't even a Trump supporter, didn't like Trump. Now he is one of the most Trumpian senators that we have. His explication of what happened to his working-class family that moved from Tennessee to Ohio and how the GOP and the Uniparty destroyed the working class over the last 60 years, you need to read that to understand what's happened to politics. The other book that's really life-changing is Andrew Breitbart's autobiography. The 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 story of how and he admits this, you know, of how a you know doped out uh, alcoholic student at Tulane is just literally red pilled one day yep. as he's watching the Clarence Thomas hearings and he says, you know, uh, pubic hairs on Coke cans, what, or, or, what is this? This is clearly a decent God fearing man, and the fact that he's black and a conservative means that Chairman. Joe Biden of the Judiciary Committee and the rest of the Democrats have to effect a, quote, high-tech lynching against him because he dares to be a black nominee to the Supreme Court who's not a Democrat. That was the red pill for Andrew, and he dedicated the rest of his short life, his tragically short life, to fighting bullies, bullies on both sides of the aisle, but predominantly the the new-left, neo-Marxist bullies that the Democrats have become. And and he was about real justice, justice for the underdog and, and stopping the oppressor uh, who is the, the, the political bully. And, um, you know, not, if you read Righteous Indignation, you'll, you'll have a, a glimpse of his journey to the light, to the truth. But also, Mike, Chapter 6, if you haven't read it, Chapter 6, was the inspiration for my third book, The War for America's Soul. It is the most trenchant, concise explication of how the Democrat Party became utterly radicalized from Antonio Gramsci through Alinsky all the way up through Clinton and Obama. That one chapter alone is worth the 15 bucks.
0: Mm. Righteous Indignation is the name of that book. Uh, I share your thoughts on autobiographies there's one other one i've read that you 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 mentioned uh is the clarence thomas one very short and Mm. tremendous and i bring it up here because uh in it he talks about obviously that high-tech lynching and at the center of that high-tech lynching was a senator joe biden and clarence thomas he let
1: it he let it
0: And Clarence Thomas gives a couple examples of Joe Biden lying to his face, deceiving, deceitful snake to his face. And Clarence Thomas has some bold claims, like, he's the biggest liar I've ever seen in my life, stuff like that. And the fact that the left was able to make Joe into Uncle Joe was quite a spectacular trick.
1: I mean, forget, you know, plagiarizing labor leader Neil Kinnock's speeches, you know, paragraph by paragraph about you know, my grandfather down the coal mine. Forget about <laughs> lying, how he got a trip, you know, a triple degree was top of his class when he was, you know, at the bottom. Forget, forget about it. I mean, that's just piker stuff. Joe Biden should never have been allowed to run for, pre- I mean, low county dog catcher, let alone president, after what he did. People forget, and I play the video with regularity on my show. Joe Biden should never have been allowed to run for any office, after he was the chairman of the committee that tried to lynch Clarence Thomas live on camera. I mean, just watch the video. And then that moment, oh, my gosh. That, I mean, talk about truly righteous indignation. As you see Clarence Thomas in front of the committee and and Ginny's sitting behind him, and he just says, I would rather... I mean, just the... the this is Clarence's face, the tone of his voice. Go and watch it now after the show, guys. Just look it up. It's online. And he says, I would rather die than withdraw my name from this nomination. <laughs> you will not. You will not destroy me. Where, where are those Americans? We we need many, many more of those Americans.
0: Yeah, Andrew is one of them. Uh, in a healthy country, yes. Joe Biden would have been shamed out of public office, and that would have been the end of his Forever. Life. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Yeah, Yeah, instead he kept his job. (laughs) Now he's president. It's unbelievable. Dr. Sebastian Gorka, when and where can we listen to your radio show, doctor?
1: Uh, Three to six every day on the Salem Networks across the country. In D.C. it's uh, 570 a.m., but easiest thing is just uh, to get the podcast download or just listen to the app. I have an app, America First, Sebastian Gorka. You can listen to the show 24-7 if you're an insomniac. And then the <laughs> website is SebGorka.com and all the usual places. on and that's social the Twitter media. as
0: well, Seb, Seb Gorka. <laughs> Wonderful. Dr. Yep. Gorka, thank you, sir.
1: God bless. Thank you, guys. Very
0: cool. grateful. Appreciate
1: you. I'm American made. I got American parts. I got American
0: Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily today. On tomorrow's show... 7 o'clock, we have congressman from Tennessee who has a bill to defund Jack Smith's investigation. 8 o'clock, Sean Spicer will be here. And then 8.40, the great Alex Marlowe. Hope to see you there. Spread the word.